0: Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. This Shabbat, we read Parshat Noah, the story of Noah and the Flood. Noah is one of the most inscrutable characters in the entire Torah. The rabbis argued, as I know I've spoken about before in this particular podcast, about whether Noah was a really righteous person or whether he was just the best of a horrible lot. We don't know what kind of a person he really was. But for the purpose of the story, he did what God told him to do. He built an ark, saved his family, saved the animals, and enabled the world to be created anew. There's something remarkable, though, about Noah that really becomes obvious if you read the story very closely. If you read the story closely, you realize that Noah never talked to anyone. There's a great rabbinic midrash about the fact that while Noah was building the ark, he was also uh, having conversations with passers-by, telling them what was going to happen and that they should repent. But that's a rabbinic tradition. Noah builds the ark in silence, according to the Torah. And more importantly, after he brings his family into the ark, we never hear him say a word to them. He doesn't talk to them, doesn't communicate with them, apparently doing his job, taking care of the animals, whatever he's doing. Never talks with family. Now when the flood ends and Noah and the animals and his family come out of the ark, God establishes a covenant with Noah, sign of which is the rainbow, that God would never again bring a flood to the earth. And that the seasons and the cycles of time would proceed as they normally do. And they would be dependable. And that in fact, God promises that the world will continue to exist. And what happens to Noah at this point? In the words of Harry Chapin, Now when they turn out the spotlight, I'm never sure where I'm supposed to go. The spotlight's been turned off. God no longer is talking to Noah. The flood is over. He's done a great job. But, as one of my colleagues called it once, this peak experience in his life has ended. And Noah, perhaps, is not sure where he's supposed to go. So, according to the Torah, he plants a vineyard, goes into his tent, drinks wine. And if you read the story in the Torah... Noah ends up a pathetic, despicable state, embarrassed and humiliated in front of his children. What happened? Why did this happen? Why did this person who had this peak experience of saving the world, of saving the animals, end up drunk and pathetic in his tent? The rabbis offer some opinions about this. Some say, well, this is proof that Noah was not a good person to begin with. I dismiss that one. There are others who claim that his whole problem was that he drank wine. I know that for some people, and I understand this, and I very have a lot of compassion for that and sensitivity to it. Some people can't drink wine, and I understand, but our tradition doesn't take the attitude that wine is a problem, that drinking wine is a problem. If you can drink it, it's the basis for the celebration. It's the basis for so much ritual meaning, as we say the Kiddush uh, before our holidays, as we drink wine at the Pesach Seder, and even separate from ritual experiences, drinking wine appropriately, moderately, is considered a, a source of celebration and a source of joy. So it wasn't that he drank wine. So why did Noah end up this way? Well, I think the answer is to connect the two parts of the story that I've been telling in this podcast. Noah never talked to his family. Noah had no communication whatsoever with them. And when it came time to plant the vineyard, the Torah says he planted a vineyard and he went into his tent. Noah's lack of communication and lack of connection with those closest to him Led him to a sense of isolation that just added to the depression that one can find when one comes down from a peak experience. I'll quote Harry Chapin again. In a song, that same song that I referred to earlier, that song is called You Are the Only Song. I presume he wrote it to his wife. And he says, After all is said and done, you're the one song that I need. After the spotlights are turned out, after this peak experience, we turn to those who are closest to us. And we let them help us find our way in life again. Our tradition teaches this. We celebrate in community. In lahavdil we mourn in community. The idea of a minion the idea of gathering people together so that an individual can say the mourners Kaddish is a way of saying that we need to see the light in other people's lives, eyes that will help lighten our lives that will help us move forward. That's why it's so important to develop community That's why it's so important to communicate with one's family, with one's friends, and not live in isolation. In the end, Noah ended up in the state he was in not because he was a bad person necessarily, and not because he drank wine. Noah's problem was that he drank alone. Until next time, thank you.